What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to Premium Chapter 209 of the QAnon Anonymous Podcast, the Journey to Planet Serpo episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Brad Abrahams, and Travis View. Good evening, listeners. With Taskmaster Julian on vacation and Travis View letting me to my own devices and trusting an episode to be delivered on time, (laughs) I am back on my bullshit. That means I have sat down to write this episode at 10.48 p.m. the night before we are set to record. Now, don't interpret that to mean that I've been dicking around up until this point. No, dear listener. Far from it. Over the last 72 hours, I have been plowing my way through one of the most outlandish extraterrestrial tales of all time. An adventure that began in the 1940s deep in the frozen chasms of Antarctica and ends somewhere in Florida in the year 2002. The story has everything. Nazis, flying saucers, Ronald Reagan, clones, Steven Spielberg. It's a Jake special down to its core, and I've brought Travis and Brad along for the 10-month journey to Zeta Reticuli. That's right, I'm talking about the conspiracy of Planet Serpo and the 12 brave military men and two women on some accounts who gave up 13 years of their lives to travel here and live amongst an alien civilization. So grab your sunglasses and throw away your watches. Where we're going, there are two suns, and Earth time is totally useless. So, Jake, were you reading this over Passover? No, I was I was reading this basically over the last... I mean, I guess, yeah, Passover, like, just ended, right? So, yes, I have been reading this over Passover, and, you know, I guess this is its own kind of exodus, if you will. Although, I, I highly doubt uh, anybody, uh, you know, involved in this tale is as handsome as uh, either Yul Brenner or Charlton Heston. For my main source, I'm going to be referring to the 2013 book, The Journey to Planet Serpo, written by Len Caston. I'd like to take a second and thank friend of the show, Owen Hughes, for introducing me to this subject. I had actually never heard about Planet Serpo or the journey there, too. And, and Brad, you, you had not either. No, I'm very surprised. Um, it's completely new to me. Well, I want to let everybody know uh, we will be taking this episode and uh, shopping it around to the various streaming services, <laughs> Netflix, Hulu, maybe HBO, if if you know we're lucky, because this story makes for such a good, you know, like television series. And some actually claim that it's already made its way uh, into the likes of Hollywood with Steven Spielberg's Close Encounters of a Third Kind. But we'll get to that. So a little bit about the author. Len Kasten holds a liberal arts degree from Cornell University and an MFA degree from National University. He has been an avid and prominent UFO researcher for well over 30 years. Kasten is a former member of both the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomenon, the NICAP, and the Mutual UFO Network, or MUFON, which uh, people are probably more familiar with. He's published over 10 books and over 60 published articles in various UFO publications, such as New Dawn, which is the uh, Australian-New Zealand publication, and Atlantis Rising. His most recent books are titled, quote, Alien World Order, The Reptilian Plan to Divide and Conquer the Human Race, from 2017, and Dark Fleet, The Secret Nazi Space Program, and The Battle for the Solar System, in 2020. I wonder if he's a former uh, MUFON member because the head of MUFON, Jan Harzan, was caught uh, trying to solicit sex from a 13-year-old who actually was a FBI agent undercover. Oh, no. 
This is the <laughs> this is like the UFO version of to catch a predator. <laughs> the lar- yeah, large gray alien is like, why don't you have a seat? If you attended any of our live shows last year, a fair amount of information contained in the book will be somewhat familiar to you. Even Bruce Allen Walton, the anonymous poster known as Branton, is cited in the book's preface. But Journey to Planet Serpo itself actually doesn't contain any reptilians. Well, there is a reference to what researchers believe is a mantis-type alien spied in one of Serpo's grand mess halls, but that's really it. The story itself is based, believe it or not, on a message board event. This is something I would describe as being similar to the story of John Tidor or even QAnon. An anonymous individual begins leaking classified intel to the moderator of an online forum. Users then participate asking their own questions, which are occasionally answered by the anonymous individual. The moderator in this case was a fellow by the name of Victor Martinez, who ran a fairly extensive UFO email list in the early thousands. According to Kasten, all the heads were there. The list at that time contained about 150 people, including many extremely well-known names in UFO research and related, or leading cutting-edge scientific fields. Those on the list have differing views regarding the veracity of Anonymous's claims. However, the pedigree of the list as a whole is important to emphasize. There has been a substantial amount of intelligent discussion about the revelations, and it is important to state that there are many senior people in the U.S. intelligence and military community who are taking this information very seriously. It all started when a user calling themselves simply Anonymous sent this message to Victor Martinez on November 2nd, 2005. First, let me introduce myself. My name is Anonymous. I am a retired employee of the U.S. government. I won't go into any great details about my past, but I was involved in a special program. Anonymous claimed that he worked for the DIA. That's right, the Defense Intelligence Agency, of which Michael Flynn was once the head of. According to them, all of the clandestine operations and intelligence surrounding UFOs and extraterrestrial life is controlled through the DIA. All of a sudden, Austin Steinbart's claims don't seem so wild after all. The aliens even were known to have gifted DIA officials with crude-looking fake penises. (laughs) so that the powerful narcotics the ETs had shared would not be detected during routine piss tests. Okay, I made that part up. I made that up. Very disappointing. Last part, last part, all lies. (laughs) Everything else in the episode, true. Anonymous claimed that they had been the longtime editor of the Red Book, which is a comprehensive compendium of all U.S. government UFO investigations dating from 1947 to present day. Have you ever heard of the Red Book, Brad? Uh, no, I haven't. And I'm not. Sh- is that real? Did you look that up? Is it a thing? Uh, the, in the UFO community, it is a thing. <laughs> The leaker claimed that he was part of a group of six DIA officials, three former and three current, who were working together to ease the American public into disclosure. As the anonymous source sent more and more documents, it became clear that the email listserv was too disjointed and was doing a disservice to the high-quality crumbs being dispersed. And so, in December of 2005, a British member of the research group by the name of Bill Ryan offered to create www.serpo.org, which is still live today. You can go there and search it. It does give me the little triangle uh, with the exclamation point next to the uh, next to the website address, uh, letting me know it is not secure. So, you know, uh, travel at your own risk. This is a website where the drops could be categorized and easily retrieved. Sound familiar? 2005. 2005. We're, we're still we're we're doing the same shit 
As it stands now, there are just over 40 drops, each with information and context regarding the most secret space mission of all time, an exchange program between human beings and extraterrestrials. The code word for the operation? Project Crystal Knight. Here's the beginning of the first drop. First, let me introduce myself. My name is Request Anonymous. I am a retired employee of the U.S. government. I won't go into any great details about my past, but I was involved in a special program. As for Roswell, it occurred, but not like the storybooks tell. There were two crash sites, one southwest of Corona, New Mexico, and the second site at Polona Peak, south of Dadel, New Mexico. The crash involved two extraterrestrial aircraft. The Corona site was found a day later by an archaeology team. This team reported the crash site to the Lincoln County Sheriff's Department. A deputy arrived the next day and summoned a state police officer. One live entity... E-B-E, was found hiding behind a rock. The entity was given water, but declined food. The entity was later transferred to Los Alamos. And this kind of reminds me uh, of the beginning of the, the iconic film Mac and Me. I believe sure. the alien is found hiding behind some kind of rock. So, I don't know. It seems it seems that, and, and you'll see as we get further and further into the story, it seems like a lot of the details of this were, were sort of in the public consciousness. You know, just like QAnon 2, it seems to borrow tropes and events from the shittiest movies. Yes, a- yes, absolutely. Well, I guess obviously Close Encounters came later, and pff, that's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. You have been listening to a sample of a premium episode of QAnon Anonymous. We don't run any advertising on the show, and we'd like to keep it that way. For five bucks a month, you'll get access to this episode, a new one each week, and our entire library of premium episodes. So head on over to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe. Thank you. Thanks. I love you. Jake loves you. (laughs) 